0: The Michael Duke show. I have two guns, one for each of you. But, 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 Firearms Friday.
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed.
2: to my dear friend. I say
3: that the Second Amendment is, in order
4: of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
0: The right to
5: keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
3: From my cold, dead hands.
5: Friday. That's my rifle, that's my gun. This for Firearms Friday. Oh, baby. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is uh, that one day a week where we uh, dedicate it to the Second Amendment, and we sit around and we chit-chat about uh, all the good stuff that uh, surrounds that, the reasoning, why, um, the... Uh, the details on the laws and the news stories and uh, everything else. It's uh, just another beautiful day, a beautiful day in paradise. Uh, Wow. I'm ready. It's, uh, man, so many things going on around the country right now, and uh, we are in a well, I mean, I think I would argue that we're in a battle for, we' we're, we're in a battle for the ages. Uh, we're in a battle for the heart and soul of liberty, and that really, the Second Amendment is right there on the front lines uh, every every time. We've talked about this uh, in the past, but you know, the I think the framers, who were some pretty smart fellas, they really understood, how important it was that you had a citizenry that was a citizenry that was engaged uh, and a citizenry that was uh, uh, able to protect themselves from, uh, you know, from kind of the the, the slings and arrows, the the <laughs> bureaucratic and despotic tendencies of bureaucrats and uh, demagogues and and all the, you know all the the people who, again have suffered from the politicians' disease forever, which is of course we know better than you how to, dot dot dot, spend your money, raise your kids, live your lives, whatever it is. They somehow know better than you on that uh, kind of stuff, and uh, and we're seeing that we're seeing that play out today. Uh, more than ever. Uh, that kind of that whole kind of ideal. Um, and we've, you know, we've taken some ground. We've done we've done pretty well over the last, I mean over the last 20 years or so, it's uh, we we've made some changes. and I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say that we're definitely on the offensive and the momentum is in our court for now. But as in any war or battle, uh you know momentum can change sides can go back and forth momentum can swing one way or the other so we must uh <laughs> we must strike while the iron's hot we must continue to put pressure on as we are on the offensive and uh, we just continue to to make the pushes that we can and so hopefully um it's uh, you know, hopefully we keep we keep rolling. We keep things rolling in the direction that they need to be rolling. And we're going to talk a lot today uh, about what's going on uh, in the country uh, in regards to the laws and the pushback. Of course, the biggest thing that's happened to us here uh, in the last decade or so has been the New York Pistol and Rifle Association v. Bruhn decision, known as basically just the Brune decision. Uh, In the uh, in the U.S. Supreme Court, and that has thrown a lot of monkey wrenches into the uh, into the court of the of the gun control crowd. They have had a real hard time being able to justify uh, a lot of their maneuvers and a lot of what they're doing uh, from the, you know, in light of the new decision from the Supreme Court. So uh they're gonna they're still continuing. They're still trying. They're still trying to push back. They're still trying to hold back Americans. and uh, and it's, you know, it's it's a fascinating look at, again, kind of that bureaucracy in action. Uh, and and we've we've had a lot of talks about this. We've had a lot of talks about how there is a bureaucratic <clears throat> problem. Um, or a, 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 I guess a problem in in uh, in total with bureaucracies because of the very nature of the beast. What they what they really want to do, um, they have a uh, and somebody said tendency. I was just going to say they have a tendency to do something. And Brian in the chat room just said tendency. You mean like the sun rising in the east? Okay, you may be right. Maybe it's more than a tendency, proclivity. They have a. Uh, I mean they they bureaucracies want to grow. That is their nature. They want to, they want to grow, they want to, you know, it starts with a justification for your job and what you're doing. Because, you know, you're not on an assembly line, you're not producing a widget, you're not producing some end product. And so to justify what you're doing, a lot of times you have to um, you know, it continually try to expand your control to show that, oh, well, now you're justifying why you're there. I'm not just looking out for A. Now I'm looking out for A and B. And in the next, you know, couple of years, you're like, well, we're, we've been working on that, but we got to show what we're doing, so now we'll add C to it. And so it's this mission creep of, the, you know, a, an agency or a, a, an organization or some kind of department starts out with one thing, And then you look back ten years later, and in some cases, it's almost unrecognizable what they were originally tasked with because their 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 reach and their their authority and everything else has grown so wide that you're like, wow. I mean, just like wow. How did they get involved in that? And you add to that the fact that we have now had multiple generations of Americans go through a public school system where at every opportunity, at every turn, the answer, regardless of what the question is, the answer becomes government. You have a problem here? Oh, well, you need to turn to the government. Oh, you have a question here? Oh, you need to turn to the government. Oh, you need to create or do something over here? Well, then you need to turn to the government to answer those questions. I, we've jokingly talked about that if the founding fathers were here today they would be in a tavern talking a little treason you know what i mean i mean it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing little jokingly thing but if you go back and look at what they you know the the causes and the starts and kind of the spark of what caused the revolution um against great britain you will see that it is because they were uh, their rights were being impinged on and there was more bureaucracy being pushed against them and that what they were fighting against <clears throat> is a fraction of what we have today. It's a fraction of the interventionalism that government was putting in people's lives at that point compared to what it is today. I mean, for God's sake, this week we had a conversation about – video games and the fact that the government is getting involved in how people play video games, whether or not they can be trusted to spend their own money or manage their own children or do whatever else, because we have to be protected from ourselves, obviously, by government. I mean, there's no analog really to the days of the founders. I mean, I guess you could say Um, I just, I don't even know. It'd be like the government trying to regulate a card game during uh, revolutionary times. I mean, I just, I just, I just don't even, I, I can't even fathom the amount of government that we now have in our lives at every moment in every day that we are just blithely okay with. Well, you know, if we didn't, then uh, civilization would stop. Really? Like civilization prior to the formation of the country or halfway through the formation of the country or westward expansion? That's, you know, we just we wouldn't have made it without the direct benevolent intervention of government. Really? Is that what you're saying? But see we've been it's it's almost a Pavlovian response at this point that if you want something done or there's some kind of challenge or then it's like everybody's looking to big government to do it and and conservatives um. Let me point some fingers at all of us who are more conservative, but especially some of the more conservative Republicans are out there who are just like, no, 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 until it's something that they want. And then they're more than happy to have the government stand behind them uh, and let the jackbooted thugs loose on people because they want to institute something that they believe in. I mean, this really used to be more of a, again, kind of a progressive liberal problem. But in the last 20 years, you've seen the rise of more and more of these Republicans that want to, I mean, everything from trying to coerce and to control what your children are doing on the Internet, which, by the way, I thought that was your job, not the government's job. But you've got prominent Republicans out there trying to restrict your kids' access to social media or the Internet or whatever to many other aspects of life. And I just got to ask the question, what happened to the smaller government people? Are we really just a. Are we really just a. A. a a tiny little blip on the radar anymore? Are we a super minority? Is that what we've become? I mean, I used to think that, you know, yeah, we were kind of that, you know, middle quiet majority that really didn't get too spun up about anything until things got real bad. And unfortunately, usually it's too late to make some of the changes once they actually do get, I mean, very slow, slow to anger kind of thing, right? Or are we now just kind of a supermajority because we have got a, you know, again, the last couple, three, four generations, especially, who have been put in public schools and told that the government is the answer to everything. Donna says, can anyone show us a problem that was solved by government other than problems caused by government? I, you know, I can't. Right. Government was supposed to be here, especially the federal government was supposed to be here really, truly for one thing. If you look at what the framers wrote, you look at the the pamphlets and the writings, the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist papers, and you look at all these different things. And the one thing that they could all agree on is that the national government, the federal government was supposed to be here for one thing, and that was for the national defense of the nation. And now it runs pretty pretty well every damn aspect of your life. From what kind of foods you can eat to what kind of shows you can watch or or music you can listen to or things you can do with your money, or I mean, just all this variety of, of different things. And you know, it, it's just it's disheartening. Bill just said it's depressing. It is in a lot of ways. Now, how what does this have to do with firearms friday? Well, let me just tell you this. It could be worse. It could absolutely be worse. And as many blisters and boils and warts and problems that we have in America, and as much as I could rail for another hour about all the problems that we have in this country, where we're willingly, in many cases, giving up our liberties and doing all this kind of stuff. Just imagine what it would have been like if we as Americans did not have the right To keep and bear arms. If we did not have that implicit check on government. The implied check, not saying that we're overtly marching in the streets with pitchforks, torches and AR-15s. I'm just saying that they know that they can only go so far and only push the American people so far. Why? Because they're armed. That's why you can't you can't push back on a people who inevitably have the uh, we can't push pressure and put down, but if they inevitably have the inevitably have the ability to push back, it's um, it's it's a fascinating thing, and I want to kind of talk about all this today. Now, a couple things I want to tell you this morning. Um, first of all, there's going to be a minor change on the show today. Uh, I was working yesterday afternoon and part of this morning. Apparently, the number that I use to call in, something's wrong with the forwarding system. That's why everything was so crackly yesterday. And so um, I'm going to open up the phone lines today, but I'm going to have to give you the direct number to where the voice conference. I use a voice over IP system for my phones, Okay, which is a fancy phone over the Internet, essentially. Uh, My forwarding number, something's wrong with it. That's why it is all crackly. Um, But I discovered that if you call the number directly, there's no crackling. So I'm going to have to give you a different phone number today to call in. And hopefully over the weekend and by Monday, uh, I can figure out what's going on with it and I can get it fixed. Okay. But I'm going to give you a new number for today and hopefully for today only. All right. It was not you. (laughs) That's what he says. It's not us. It's you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it sounded great. I don't know why, but in my testing yesterday, I discovered that uh, it was not a good. uh, It was, it was not good. So, I'm going to give you the direct line to the phone system, which is a long distance number in Iowa. I know. I told you yesterday. That's where I thought it was. Was it, it was in Iowa or Idaho or one of those I states? Indiana. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines to talk for today. So if you want to call in later today, I'm going to give you the number now and I'll be repeating it, but hopefully you get the point. The number to call today is 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. In fact, I should probably pin that to the top of the page, uh, so that people can, uh, can see it. Uh anyway, that's uh that's that's the kind of the major piece of housekeeping. Uh out of time. We got to go. The Michael Duke show. Common Sense Radio.
2: What is
0: that?
5: Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Michael Duke show. Radio. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about air rifles, but I could not get a hold of the, um, I could not get a hold of uh, my guy to come on board and talk about this. So I'm hoping next weekend it's, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. Um, Steve posted a link Glock demo. Oh, that's the, uh, Steve's talking about the Glock demo. Uh, can people still sign up, Steve? That was the question. Uh, I know you got it going on today. Can people still sign up today? That's uh, you know, uh, Bill. You're confusing people. <laughs> it's eight six seven five three o nine, and I deleted your comment. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Because, dang, Uh, you know, go ahead and throw all those phone numbers out there and see what happens. Uh, Steve, you can call that number if you want and uh, announce that one more time, since I know today's the last day for that. If you want to call in, the number is above you. Uh, 319-527-3864. Yeah. Boom. Because I have the power. (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah. Okay. Um special thanks to Rick and to Bill, both of you, for dropping stars this morning. Uh I see you guys have uh done that. Dropping stars. I love that. Um appreciate you guys uh support the show that way. If you're out on um uh if you're out on YouTube, you can also send uh super chats or stickers or whatever and that helps support the show as. Well, just for that, you get a star. (laughs) Uh, Looks like we've got, uh, looks like Steve is on the line with us uh, here. I could see what's going on. So we're going to come back to Steve here in just a minute. Shall we test it? Maybe we should test it during the break just to make sure. Because I tested it and it sounded clean and clear to me after I made some changes, but Let's see what Steve says. Good morning, my friend. How are you?
1: I'm good, Michael. This is Steve from Fairbanks. Uh, Yeah, the shoot's tonight. Yeah, Yeah,
5: well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not on the air yet. So I was just testing the phones because I was having some severe problems with the phones yesterday. So we're just making sure that it's clear as day. All right, so hold the line. I'm going to put you back on hold. Steve's in Fairbanks, just in case you forgot already between now and then. Okay. Okay we're going to uh we're going to jump into this here in just a minute. We're about 90 seconds out or so. Um yesterday was a good day, a little crazy. A little crazy, but I think she means but good, not us good. A little crazy us good. Dang, autocorrect. Uh yeah, yesterday was kind of a crazy day. <clears throat> a lot of stuff going on. Uh a lot of irons in the fire these days. But uh, hopefully, hopefully today's a better. I mean, it's the weekend. What more? And, I, and except for those of you who have to work this weekend, that's a good deal. Um, and Robert just drops into the room and not even checking the temperature of the room. Just drops in some kind of Trumpism. Um, best entry level varsity air rifle, the 177. A uh, hundred and four dollars on Amazon. Yeah, no, I mean, you can get into this this sport for pretty dang cheap. I mean, I, you know me, I just want to go whole hog. Hots on Blitz. How many monitors am I running during the broadcast? Because it looks like you look in four different directions during the broadcast. There's five monitors in here. It's a double wide two part monitor in front of me, two more on top and one in the back that's monitoring all the radio signals. So there's five monitors, five monitors, two keyboards, two mixers, two cameras, lighting. And a partridge in a pear tree. That's what it's (laughs) all. welcome to. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. But uh, anything to keep you guys entertained in the morning. It's all I can do. Anything to keep you guys entertained in the morning. Okay, here we go. Jumping back into it, the Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. All right, welcome back on this Firearms Friday so excited so I'm so excitable it's so exciting that I'm so excitable um, all right let's uh, let's let's crank this thing open shall we let's get on to it let's get on to the uh, to the next uh, to the next phase here of what we got going on let's uh, let's pick up the phones somebody was kind enough to call in on uh, the uh, number <clears throat> which I have been uh, I just said we're still working on it we had some problems with the phone lines and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work on this right now in fact uh, I'm gonna put this uh, put this new number up so that people can see it it's three one nine five two seven three eight six four now I know that's not a local number but it's because my local number done broke all right so just if you want to call in, that's where you can do it. Steve is on the line in Fairbanks wanting to tell us about some stuff that's happening again tonight. He's been talking about it, but today's your last day if you want to get in on this, uh, the Glock challenge and everything else. Steve, what's uh, what's happening up there in Fairbanks?
1: Good morning, Michael. Uh, yes, this is Steve in Fairbanks. The, uh, the Glock shoot is tonight, 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, out at the Fox Range. Um, and we were holding, uh, we had yesterday the deadline for the registration, but we're going to have some on-site registration stuff too. And I kind of feel the need to, uh, to address something real quick. And the question would be, well, why Glock versus right. everybody else who also break guns? Uh, here's the really simple answer. It's not because Glock is the greatest training I'm, I'm not that fanboy at all. Here's, here's the, uh, the actual answer. Uh, because they said they would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because nobody else did. I, I literally <laughs> called HK, Big and Colt, and Smith, and FN, and I, just down the list, Walther, Beretta. Glock um, said yes. So yeah. they're sending people up from Georgia, and they're in the air right now, um, and they're bringing a bunch of toys. So it'll
5: be cool. Yeah, you can't complain. I mean, when, when you and invite everybody and only one of them says, we'll come all the way to Alaska and bring all these guns and let you try it, you're yeah. like, okay, thank you. That's how it works. I mean, that's good stuff. From Georgia. I mean, from Georgia, too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we've got a long series of flights. So. Nice. Well, uh, there, yeah. you, there you go. Yeah. So where do they we go again time. to register for tonight? And you have another shoot as well? Remind me.
1: Uh, yes, thanks for that reminder. Uh, so they would they can either go to APOA, that's Alaska Peace Officer Association, online APOAonline.org, or they can come to the Fox Range and fill it out there. The cost on it is ten dollars, and then there's a a statewide competition in August, August 19th. That's a Saturday, and um, that they show up uh, again, same thing APOAonline.org uh to register for that as well the cost on that is $50 so the grand total there is $60 if you do both unless you join APOA right for $20 which case you uh you pay 20 for both events and others instead of 60 for just two events so nice uh my money's on uh so.
5: Yeah, that seems to make sense. That Monetarily, that's the math checks out, Steve. That's what I'm saying. The math checks out there. Um, all right. So they go again. They yeah, go, it'll be a, Yeah, go ahead.
1: You go to a- A-T-O-A online, all one word, A-T-O-A online.org. Or uh, go to the, if you're going to the event tonight, go to the Fox range. Uh, and there was some question of, well, what if I don't own a black? Well, the. The idea isn't that you bring a Glock. The idea is this Glock is actually coming to us with their Glocks.
5: So, yeah, with a bunch of guns um, that you can yeah, you try. To, yeah
1: great if you brought hearing, eye, and ear protection would be excellent because we only have so much of that. But.
5: All right, so APOAonline.org and search up the Fairbanks events, and you'll be squared away. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh-huh. you can
1: go to the chapters. And you'll see FNC, which is farthest north chapter. You'll see stuff there, or you can go to training events and see it there. If you go on the Alaska Police Standards Calendar, Council Council Calendar, whatever you go on that, you'll see uh, the the event in August is listed as well. So don't don't give don't give
5: don't give them too many choices. People will get paralyzed. That's not a good thing. All right, uh... you're you're right. All right, Steve. Well, hopefully you guys have a great turnout tonight. Uh, I'm a little jealous. I would love to come and shoot all the newest, latest, and greatest Glocks, but uh, uh, I'm not driving 400 miles for it. So, it, But it would be, uh, be a fun time. So, anyway, uh, thank you, Steve, for coming on board and reminding us, and you'll have to give us a report on how it turned out later on.
1: Will do. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I always enjoy your shows, so thank you.
5: Well, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for being part of it today. Yeah. Um, all right. That was Steve. Mm-hmm. Stephen Fairbanks, again, uh, see, it wasn't you guys, it was me with a crackling. I don't know what's going on, but it's a whole nother show. Uh, All right, let's uh, get back down into the discussion. I am going to go over at the top of hour two, so in about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm going to be going over the Hunter Biden plea deal. And how it all fell apart and the sneakiness that's going on with this. And how does this relate to Firearms Friday? Well, the one charge, he was agreeing, just so that you know what was going on here. He was agreeing to a couple of charges of um, basically evading taxes. It was basically an evasion of taxes. And in doing so, he was going to... Um, he was going to get a pass or basically not be charged or serve probation on a federal gun charge. Now, as much as I dislike, I mean, I don't know him personally, but as much as I kind of dislike Hunter Biden and the whole, you know, elitist thing of the Bidens and many politicians in Washington, um, the, uh, the biggest thing here is that, uh, I think this law is ridiculous, quite honestly. The law that he was charged under uh, for the gun stuff. I think that law is unconstitutional, quite honestly. But that being said, if you or I got picked on this, we would definitely be going to jail. We would definitely not be getting a pass on our gun, uh, on our uh, you know prohibited person purchasing a gun thing. Um, and so while they continue to keep telling us how This deal was just so, it's so pedestrian and there's no, I mean, he didn't get any special treatment. The more you look at it, the more you realized what a lie that is. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like they're smirking as they say it. Oh, this is not a big deal. So we're going to, we're going to talk to that. uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit later uh, this morning. Um, some of the other things from around the world we're seeing of course gun control around the world and we always hear about how oh, well, all these different places are so much better than we are let's talk about the Keystone cop stuff going on down in the Kiwi land New Zealand I was going to say down under but that's Australia Kiwi land New Zealand now we know after the Christchurch shooting back in what was it 2019 2018 2019 We know that uh, New Zealand basically lost their mind and said, well, because of the actions of these few horrible, horrible people, we now need to disarm everyone. And if you're going to get a gun, you have to have special permission from the government. And as this time has gone along, they've continued to crank down on this stuff. Well, they recently instituted a full firearm registration. But if you want an example, again, of why government can't be trusted, I mean, let's go back to Donna's comment of show me a time when the government has fixed any problem that they themselves didn't create. Right. That's pretty much what's going on here. Well, now some New Zealand folks are just outraged when it turned out that uh, they've only the new firearms registry has only been online and operational for about a month. But gun owners are already upset and in a lurch after an email sent by the Auckland Central Police District and the Federal Firearms Safety Authority revealed the names and email addresses of more than 100 individuals on Tuesday thanks to a simple mistake that could have been caught in an email sent shortly uh, after noon on Wednesday, their time, Tuesday, our time, uh, Auckland Central Police District's firearm staff emailed more than 100 gun owners to warn them that their listed firearms and license address may not be up to date, et cetera, et cetera, with some details of what's going on. And in their email addresses, with many cases including their first names and last names, were left visible in the email in, both in the carbon copy field. Uh, The visible addresses include various prominent Auckland, New Zealand residents, including lawyers, company directors, police officers and government officials. It was sent from the police and the uh, Firearms Safety Authority. And uh, in a statement, the Firearms Safety Authority Director of Operations confirmed that it had sent the email to one hundred and forty seven recipients revealing the names and addresses of recipients to fellow licensee holders. Um, This isn't the first time that personal details of guns have been treated with casual disregard by authority. Last year, thousands of gun owners had their personal information stolen by burglars who broke into the former Auckland police central police station, which was no longer in use as a station, but still was used as a, a file repository where it contained thousands of files with details about lawful gun owners in the city. Those files were stolen. Do you think there might've been a reason why they broke into an empty police station to steal files to find, mm, I don't know the names and addresses of everybody who had guns. You think that that may have meant? maybe the authorities would have like, maybe we should safeguard this information. But Apparently not um and it's it's oh, it's just it's so so frustrating uh according to the uh, f- uh one of the uh, uh folks who uh who is fighting back against this stuff ACT firearm spokesperson says uh Nicole McKee she is the uh, uh basically a pro gun group in New Zealand said this error shows once again that police are incapable of keeping licensed firearm owners' information secure. This episode demonstrates once again that the full registration of firearms is a wasteful and dangerous exercise and should be repealed. It also shows that the administration of information about firearms and their licensed owners needs to be removed from New Zealand police and placed under the care of a truly independent and trusted firearms authority (laughs) that they should... But don't worry, this is exactly, these are who, the people that we should be following, right? Because they've been doing such a bang-up. I mean, look at all, I mean, the government's been really great about keeping all your private information safe, right? I mean, they've done a great job, haven't they? Did I did I miss something? Of course we can trust them with all your most secret prized information. Nobody would use it for their own gain. Nobody would allow criminals or hackers to get into it. Of course they wouldn't do that. Trust us. We're from the government. We're here to help. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
4: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also... Some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee.
0: (laughs) Ha, nice beard.
4: The Michael Duke Show.
5: Okay, (laughs) we're continuing on here, continuing on. Um, Callie just did the same thing, said Lisa and or Gary, uh, whoever that is, Lisa or Gary. And uh, all right. Very, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Hey, um, was it, uh, was that Anthony? Okay. All right. (laughs) Hunter Biden seems kind of like a high point guy to me. No, he was actually, he actually purchased a, uh, a Colt Cobra 38 special. That's what he bought. A Colt Cobra 38 special. So it wasn't even a high point. it was a good quality firearm cold I mean I'm not saying the 38 special is the greatest thing you should pick up but you know what I mean. um damn must really like and if you as soon as you uh, as soon as you mention the name like pff, it appears it's just it's amazing. uh all right Daniel's like it's because Glock is the best. It's because Glock is, I mean, Glock is good. I care. I love Glock. It's my daily carry. I don't know if Glock is the best. I mean, that's arguable, I think, from many standpoints. And as I've said before, when you're going out to pick out a gun, um, that you're going to use consistently, it's better to have, um, you know, you could go out and there's some of them fit your hand better than others. Glock does not fit everybody's hands, like say, uh, you know, Springfield XD or, uh, you know, Smith & Wesson Slim or something. It just needs to be a reliable manufacturer. That's what it really needs to be. That's all I'm er- uh, worried about. Okay. Um, let's Taurus Raging Hornet with rails and some kind of airsoft 8-clock mounted two each other. That seems like a good crackhead build to me. Oh, okay. And a tack light. Okay. Um we all decamped overnight harold and moved to iowa that's what it is six hours also very great as long as your pistol originates in a german speaking country you will be okay oh see now you're just bringing up like the whole ford versus chevy debate i mean that just that makes no sense that makes no sense smith and wesson makes a very very good pistol uh six hour does as well and glock colt makes a good pistol if you can still find him. kimber Makes an excellent pistol. Um, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, Taurus makes a good pistol these days. Has Taurus had some problems? Sure. Uh, but Taurus makes some good pistols. I've got a couple of Taurus pistols that I really enjoy. And uh, they were, they were able to, you know, they were well done. Well done. Um, audio is dragging. You may want to. Well, I see my Internet is starting to chug a little bit. Um, well, you may want to restart your connection just to see. Uh, Anthony said, let me see what your studio looks like for you tech heads. All right. OK. You want a peek? This is just this is a peek at what the studio looks like. Uh, keep in mind that that main screen is actually bifurcated when I do the show, that it's got a right hand and a left hand. So it's actually two monitors in one. So, and the one you can't see is in between the left upper monitor and the bottom monitor. There's another monitor on the wall behind there, which is not turned on in this picture. And that's also where the camera is and everything else. So cameras and everything and lights and dyes, all that kind of stuff. Yep, all that stuff. So um, that's what it looks like in every morning as I'm sitting here trying to do the show. That's, that's That's my job and I'm sticking to it. So there you go. Um, for those of you who wanted to to see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew Daniel was just poking fun, but <laughs> the comment is awesome. I'm being sarcastic, everyone. You can untighten your Velcro shoes and take your walkers out of sport mode. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uh, yeah, no, <clears throat> you're one of those matrix operators. I mean, I feel like I'm driving the space shuttle about half the mornings. I feel like I'm driving, I'm driving the space shuttle and trying to get it, uh, get things squared away. Oh man. What a, what a day though. Um, uh, did you shoot a legion yet? No, I have not. I don't know what that is. Okay, we're 40 seconds out, ready to rejoin the radio, get things cracking and rolling. We're going to talk about that. What else we got here? Um, uh, defensive gun shooting. Oh, yeah, we should talk about this. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what we should talk about. <clears throat> we got a lot more coming, and then we're going to dive into the Hunter Biden plea deal on the top of the hour. And uh, we'll go we'll go with that. All right, the Michael Duke show continues. It is your home for Common Sense, Liberty-based, freaking radio. Make sure you like and share. Make sure you check out the Common Sense Core. If you want to uh support the show, that's a way to do it. Phone lines are open lines are open with a new number for just for today. Here we go. Let's do it.
4: What the hell is an assault weapon?
2: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of
4: problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show Assault Radio?
5: (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Uh, That would be me. That's right. No all all protection guns around here no murder guns no assault guns all protection guns all the time it is firearms friday your chance to sound off on issues of a 2 A nature across the you know across the country and really around the world we were just talking about the whole new zealand thing which again i think just proves once more that you cannot trust government to solve your problems and in fact you can you could pretty much count on government to exacerbate all your problems uh, in the long run Uh, with that release of information about uh, permit holders and gun owners and things like that. Uh, I mean, luckily, the only lucky thing about that whole thing is that the names were released to other gun owners. At least it wasn't released out into the public, which has happened in the country. I mean, we saw that happen a couple times when uh, news media outlets were looking for databases in their communities about concealed carry holders and sometimes police were actually accidentally leaking the names and addresses of concealed carry or permit holders in their home counties and states and it was being published in the newspapers or on their websites or whatever i mean it's like a shopping list for a criminal let's just go here and see if we can get some guns kind of thing um it's it's insane um, but just to show that you know madness in America over guns is not strictly an American problem, you could see what happened in, uh, for example, Brazil during the tenure of uh, Herr uh, uh, Bolasarno, who was the uh, Brazilian president up until recently. They uh, loosened. He loosened the restrictive gun laws in Brazil. They basically have no constitutional right to own guns, but he opened up the gun laws dramatically, allowing citizens to be armed because they had a serious, a serious crime problem in Brazil. And so his argument was allow Brazilians to defend themselves, and uh, he opened it up tremendously. Coincidentally, or not. The country's homicide rate declined even as gun permits soared. Um, They, I mean, the the homicide rate went significantly downward. The murder rate peaked in 2017 at more than 30 homicides per 100,000 people. Uh, But the last number last year was the lowest rate and the fewest homicides since 2011. So it was obviously working. Well, there's a new sheriff in town. On Friday, the new Brazilian president, Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva, that's a mouthful, issued an executive order basically meant to reverse the gains made by gun owners over the past few years. He wants to reduce the number of guns civilians can possess for personal use from four to two. And the ammunition, yes, they actually control and restrict ammunition as well, from 200 rounds to 50 rounds. And it also goes on to talk about there's going to be a buyback program and new restrictions and everything else. He basically says that he's trying to blame any and all criminal and crime activity on new gun owners, even though, again, arguably you can you can look at the numbers. It's not a secret. You could see that overall crime and homicide specifically have gone down in the last six years. But don't let that stand in your way. Don't, don't, don't let that stand in your way. Um, Cam Edwards uh, writes about this from over at Bearing Arms. He says the U.S. gun control lobby would love to take a page from Lula's playbook and install these same restrictions here at home. That may be off the table for the moment, but if Democrats. Uh, That was a Freudian slip. If Democrats capture both the chambers of Congress and keep control of the White House next year, there'll be a major push to pack the Supreme Court full of anti-gun justices who will repeal the Heller decision in short order, allowing for Lula's restrictions and a host of others to be adopted at the federal, state and local level. I don't know if that's quite as possible as Cam says it is as fast. But, I mean, this is a continuing ongoing battle, folks. He said, we're already seeing a preview of this in Massachusetts where HD 4420 would turn thousands of law-abiding gun owners into felons overnight. And if the prohibitionists get their way, next year the courts will be no impediment to their infringements on our fundamental right to keep and bear arms. Um, It's, uh, I mean, but again, we keep looking at all these other places where people have— you know, cracked down and created these utopian gun societies that those on the left would really like to see here in America. And we see that it's not quite working out the way that they intended. Right. I mean, we see what's going on in Australia. There's still gun violence. There's still been shootings, still been problems Uh, in England, where they where they restricted the use where you basically can hardly own a gun unless you're a farmer and it's a shotgun and it's registered by the state. Don't you dare use it, by the way, for self-defense, because if you do that, then you could be prosecuted. Even if you're defending yourself against people who are attacking you with your own shotgun in your own home, you could be prosecuted and put in prison for it. But even over there, they saw an explosion of violent crimes and assaults, a lot of them being done with things like screwdrivers and knives. So even though the firearm wasn't there, the criminal activity still continued. They saw an expl- their violent crime rate was much higher than the United States. I mean, they keep saying, oh, America's got so much gun crime and everything, which is true. But when you look at they disarmed all the British populace and what happens, the criminals run amok. They had a much higher violent crime rate than we did uh, and the violent crime and, and assault rates. With, again, things like, you know, bats and cricket bats and knives and screwdrivers and butcher, everything. But don't worry, it'll be fine. Don't worry, it'll all be fine. And so we keep looking to other places to say, we should do it like they do it. Yeah, except for it's not really working out for them. That's that's part of the problem. Um. All right, we got time for one more call. I see a call just popped in here. Let's see what uh, you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Good morning, Mike.
5: It's Fred. How you been? Hey, Fred. What's on your mind, my friend?
3: Oh, you know, you you bring up Massachusetts and, you know, what's going on in there. Well, you know, over here in Rhode Island and a few other states, too, you know, they've adopted some of the uh, Massachusetts laws and, you know, the magazine restrictions and the you know, they're going after assault you know assault rifles and all that other nonsense that they're they're pushing, right. but you know they get the magazine ban, which is, you know is a copycat of what they did in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. and just to let you know how effective it is, you know they had the 10th homicide in Providence. I mean, this is already, you know it, it's like uh, it's not working at all. you know it's obvious that you know they this was supposed to be the cure all all beginning of uh, beginning of the end of violence in Rhode Island in Providence, especially in Providence. <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know, it hasn't if anything, it's gone the other way. You know, it's completely gone the other way. And what people don't realize if if people can't get own guns illegally, they're gonna get them illegally. I mean China is sitting on sitting baited. Uh, Mexico and South American countries are sitting there baited. Cuba is sitting there baited to sit there and smuggle arms into the United States. And you don't think the drug cartels will take advantage of that? That's one more source of revenue for them. Why would they turn that down?
5: Right. No, I mean, I agree. You know? so, I mean, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, every time you look at what's going on around there and you see all these different places that are just stroking their beards evilly and saying, waiting for America to disarm itself, You know, it's 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 amazing and it's frustrating. Again, it's the only thing that has kept our government in check, and we best pay attention to that and not lose it.
3: Well, I mean, you know, you're turning it into an open air market for international smugglers to bring stuff into the United States, and it won't be anything. It won't be anything that's ever been legal. I mean, you're going to see. They've already had it. They've already busted somebody, some drug dealer in in Providence, who is. They found like twenty seven. Glock automatic you know the Glock auto, auto fears for the Glock 18
5: right right can
3: turn any any Glock into a fully automatic weapon and all it's yeah. Chinese they keep Chinese origin they get yeah they get one they reverse engineer it they mass produce it and then they
0: smuggle it in
5: well look Fred that's part of the problem you're going to create a I mean if there's a market for it people are going to take it and whether it's on the black market or the regular market if you make it illegal criminals are going to find a way one way or the other hold the line Fred we're up against it folks the Michael Duke show common sense radio I mean that's that's the problem. There's going to be a market and criminals are always going to find uh going to find a way. I mean I'm I'm assuming Fred you've seen the John Stossel interview from uh, I don't know maybe it was 10 years ago uh, with all the prison inmates, right? Did you ever see that interview where Don Stossel interviewed people in prison and ask him a bunch of questions and Yeah. And, I, I,
3: yeah. yeah, I started I, I sure recall bits and pieces of it
5: from years ago. Yeah, I have seen it. Yeah. I mean he basically asked prison he asked prisoners, you know when you get out of prison, how long would it take you to get a gun?" And the consensus was about 90 minutes. They walk out the prison door and 90 minutes later they're armed. These are felons who obviously can't go down to your local gun store to pick that stuff up and uh, and they they, they said 90 minutes we could walk out the door and have a gun. Uh, this is not going to affect law-abiding citizens. Uh, I mean, this, excuse me, it's not going to affect criminals. It's only going to affect law-abiding citizens.
3: Exactly. And that's the whole point. And, you know, if they they crack down, if they enforce the laws on the books that are there already, we wouldn't have half of the problems we got. But instead of that, they come up with this new nonsense, and they're avoiding the real fix. The real fix is enforce the laws and persecute the criminals, you know, prosecute the criminals and put them away. You know, serious sentencing, you know, but they're not going to do that because they're politically going to offend somebody. And God forbid, eh, you should do that in an ele- in, in, in electoral year. So then, you know, these people—they they just, you know, they're just cutting everybody's throats including their own.
5: Right, right. Well, Fred, thank you for the call, my friend. It's good to talk with you. We will uh, really, you talk know,
3: to it, you. It just doesn't work.
5: Yep, it's good to talk with you, Fred. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk with you next week. Okay.
3: Yeah, just before you go, I want to let you know, your 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 call-in line last week was getting a busy signal. You know, you opened the lines up, but nothing went through. So I just want to let you know that that's, that's been an ongoing problem. Too. Yeah,
5: apparently uh, we had a problem with the phone lines being super crackly and sounding distorted. So that's why we got the number for today. But I appreciate you giving me the heads up. Thank you, Fred. Good to talk with you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, nah, <laughs> that's uh, Fred from Rhode Island uh, on the line. Number to call 319-527-3864. That's the number down there at the bottom of your screen if you're watching. Uh, and hopefully that's just for today only. I'm hoping I'm gonna be able to uh, uh, hopefully I'm gonna be able to get that fixed here today. Uh, I've been working on it a little bit here yesterday and today. We'll see if we can see if we can get it going on. Um uh, let's see. I'm Yeah, exactly. I don't know exactly what everybody's talking about. Um, all right. Uh, Rick is remember that in the British, in the British system, you're a subject and not a citizen says Brian. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, it's, you're true. It's not, it's one of the, one of the main factors in the, uh, foundation of the nation is that we are citizens and it is a government of the citizens of the people by the people for the people we are not subject to any king or queen or monarch of any for any of any size of any size um <laughs> Anthony says no not the murder gun girl again immediate onset of acid reflux Oh, come on. How can you not love that? How can you not love that thing? That is one of the most hysterical, satirical pieces about guns that's out there. I mean, that is just, you know, it's crazy. Um, all right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And um, they will always have guns. How else will they get what they want? What would they need? Uh, yeah. I mean that—that's the thing. Criminals, by the very definition, break the law. So if you if you if you create one more law, what's that? What's that gonna do for them? Right? What's that gonna do for them? One more law—is it gonna slow them down? No, probably not. You know, probably not. It's the best. The murder guns—always a laugh that and the tucker carlson one and uh, well the, the this you know it could always be the uh the the biden one put a pistol on a brace it turns into a gun makes it more you can have a higher caliber weapon a
3: higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun it's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters <laughs>
5: put a thing on a gun, it turns it into a gun. And then it makes it shoot a higher higher caliber bullet. And then just... <laughs> you just, you cannot make this stuff up, man. You cannot make this stuff up. These are the people who are making laws about your firearms, and they have absolutely zero clue on any of it?
2: We all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols that these become automatic weapons, similar to AK-47s. What ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols that these <laughs> become automatic weapons, similar to AK-47s? <laughs>
5: I mean, you just, the what? (laughs) They just strap on those magazines and they immediately become AK-47s. That's all you got to do, man. Strap on the magazines. Um, all right. (laughs) Sorry. Sometimes I just, I, I, I just can't. I just can't. What is wrong with people, right? sanity. All right. We got to go Hour 2 is dead ahead, the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking gun radio. It is Firearms Friday.
4: that thing back in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michael dukes for information on how to get access to the podcast
5: the michael Dukes show
0: i have two guns one for each of you B- 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 firearms friday
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. Say hello to my little
2: friend!
3: I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance
4: the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dinkes.
0: The right to keep and bear arms
5: shall not be. Fridge, not to fridge. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands.
5: Friday. That's my rifle, that's my gun. This is for it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Yeah, Firearms Friday, baby. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature. That's right. The two, Second Amendment, two A's, two, you know what I mean. Gun stuff, firearms, laws, discussions, so many things. Today we've been talking about government trust. Today we've been talking about how we can trust our government, right? I mean, that's what they want us to believe. Uh, things that are going on in other countries that they keep saying, oh, we need to be more like Australia. We need to be more like New Zealand. We need to be more like Britain because they have such a sterling track record of taking care of so many things out there. Uh, because, of course, they'll look out for you, the American citizen. This whole unique—I had to laugh. I'm watching Jack Ryan. Who, who's watching Jack Ryan out there? Anybody? Uh, Jack Ryan, one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite fictional characters, Tom Clancy. Um, and he's been tried several times, you know, We got the movies. We got uh, uh, you know Harrison Ford has played him and Alec Baldwin and Chris Pine and everything else. But I will say that probably one of my favorite um, one of my favorite uh, examples of him is John Krakowski, who's playing Jack Ryan right now on the Amazon Prime series. I think it's really damn good. But I had to chuckle because um, just to show you how much of a Boy Scout Jack Ryan is, Uh, And that's they call him that throughout the whole. In fact, at one point he becomes president of the United States in the books and his code name is Boy Scout. Okay, because that's what he is. Um, But uh, he goes on to say, look, this this office and he's talking about the CIA, the number one priority should be to not serve itself, but to serve the American people. That is the function of government. And I'm like, I love you, man. But seriously. Does anybody really believe that anymore? Does anybody really believe that this is about serving the American people and protecting the American people? Uh, We've got politicians in there that have absolutely no clue uh, uh, on, you know, firearms, how they work, what they're about, anything else. They just know that they somehow know better than you how to run the world, Uh, but especially your life as well. And, I mean, we've got the plethora. I've played these before, but I'm going to play them again because, again, you want just like the greatest hits on what it's like uh, for politicians who are making laws about guns, who are pushing laws about guns and writing laws about guns. You want to know what they know about firearms? Most of it could fit in a thimble, and then you throw the thimble away, right? I mean, here's the president.
3: Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes some
5: more, you can have a higher
3: caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters.
5: Okay, so first of all, I mean, we should go backwards here. Mass shooters don't use short barrel rifles. I mean, that's just generally speaking, the majority of mass shooters, and the majority of shooting in general is done with handguns handguns, which they promise they're not coming after. But somehow by putting on a pistol brace, you're magically turning your gun. First of all, you're turning it into a gun, right? That's what he said first. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. I mean, I thought a a pistol on a brace, I thought a pistol was already a gun. But anyway, that it shoots a a larger caliber bullet. I mean, you cannot make this stupid stuff up. Right then, you got people like Dick Durbin.
2: We all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols that these become automatic weapons, similar to AK-47s. What ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols? That these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47.
5: Yeah, I mean, you just strap a magazine. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't plug it in. You don't put it in the port. You don't do it. You just strap it on the pistol, and it immediately becomes an automatic weapon like an AK-47. These are the people who are writing the laws that we, the American people, are having to abide by. My favorite interaction, though, and this is like 15 years old, but my favorite interaction is back uh, when Tucker Carlson was on, I think it was MSNBC, uh, and interviewing Carolyn McCarthy, one of the original authors of the assault weapon ban.
4: In February, you introduced the Assault Weapons Ban and Law Enforcement Protection Act of 2007. It would regulate semi automatic assault weapons, including weapons that have pistol grips, a forward grip, and something called a barrel shroud. Weapons with a barrel shroud would be regulated. What's a barrel shroud, and why should we regulate it? I think
2: think the more important thing is that it also would have had banned the law Large capacity clips right. that Colin Ferguson had but used, I, and also uh, the killer. Okay. But I, I, read the, I read, the legisla- I read the
4: legislation. I'm sorry, I read the legislation, and it said that it would regulate barrel shrouds. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate that?
2: The guns that were chosen back in uh, in those days were basically the guns that most gangs and criminals were using to kill our uh, police no. officers. No, I'm not saying it was the best bill, but that okay. was the best Do bill. Do you they know could what a barrel at shroud particular is? Time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud is. I it's believe in
5: it's a shoulder thing that goes up. I, I, believe, I actually don't know what a barrel shroud is. I believe it's a shoulder. But again, no, most gangs were not using rifles. Again, pistols. Remember, folks, this is incrementalism. This is incrementalism. Right. They want to go after the rifles first and the evil, black, scary looking rifles first. Then they'll go after the rest of the rifles and then they'll go after the handguns, because as we know, the majority, vast majority of homicides and gun crimes are committed with pistols. But they keep telling us that, no, no, handguns, that's not on our radar at all. We are not after you. We're not coming at we we are not coming after you to, you know, you can have your guns and you, your doctor and you can keep, wait a minute. Um, I mean, that, but that's what they're saying, right? All the time. But they don't, she doesn't even know what's a barrel shroud. It's the shoulder thing that goes up, right? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things
3: I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul.
5: (laughs) These are the people that are running the country and writing laws for you to live under, under force of being put in a cage, of under threat of people showing up at your house with same-said guns marching you out and putting you in a cage if you don't comply. I don't know. Barrel shroud is the shoulder things that goes up. I mean, that that's just. And there's a double standard, right? The double standard is what's good for you and me, not so good for those in power or people close to them. This is where we talk about the Hunter Biden plea deal, which if you've not been paying attention fell absolutely to pieces on Wednesday. Um, you know, there has been a lot of uh, hue and cry over the fact that Hunter Biden, apparently, who's been under investigation in Delaware, uh, for both tax evasion, tax evasion, tax fraud, um, the foreign, uh, what do they call it? Foreign agent um Uh it's some law about when you're doing businesses with foreign entities and you have to report it. He did he failed to do that. He took in something like one and a half million dollars and never reported that income or never did And, and then of course his possession of a firearm, his purchase and possession of a firearm when he was an admitted crack smoker. Cocaine and crack. That was his that was his jam was cocaine and crack. He writes specifically about it in his memoir self-admitted um and then of course we hear about this deal that's coming down that somehow he's going to plead guilty to some of the tax offenses and really kind of the minor more minor part of the tax offenses with literally no jail jail time and he's going to be forgiven on the gun charge now when people heard this they're like oh what because you just don't, you just don't dodge the bullet on that, right? Federal government, they, I mean, they, they get you on a gun charge, pretty much. You're, you're toast at that point, right? So we're automatically me automatically thinking of, well, it's the president's son. He's getting some kind of sweetheart deal. They say, of course, no, 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 it's not going to happen. He just, you know, we just you have to understand. He was. You know, he was an addict and it was not his fault and blah, blah, blah. Then we get two whistleblowers from the IRS who stand up in front of Congress and testify that this investigation in Delaware, although the DOJ had been saying, oh, it's completely independent, blah, 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 blah. Turns out, no, 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 the DOJ has been behind the scenes pulling the strings of this Delaware prosecuting attorney uh, and basically tying his hands on what he could and could not do. Couldn't investigate, couldn't uh, uh, have a warrant served on the president's residence, couldn't have all this other kind of stuff because the optics that might look bad, or blah, 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 blah. Then on Wednesday, they all show up at the uh, court hearing, and uh, the judge, U.S. District Court Judge Mary Ellen Norica, uh, says, uh, Whoa, guys, this seems unusual it's not standard. It's not normally what I see. And possibly what you're trying to offer here in this plea agreement is unconstitutional. So the original plan for Biden, Hunter Biden, was announced last month and uh, consisted of two parts, a plea agreement and a diversion agreement. Under the plea agreement, Biden agreed that he would plead guilty to two misdemeanors involving his willful failure to pay income taxes, and prosecutors agreed to recommend a sentence of probation, no jail time or anything else. Under the diversion agreement, the Justice Department agreed to not prosecute him for an illegal gun purchase if he successfully completed a two-year pretrial diversion program. Among other things, the diversion program would have uh, required Biden to avoid drugs, stay out of legal trouble, continue to actively seek employment, which I mean, <laughs> and permanently relinquish his second amendment rights. On that point, the agreement says Biden will not purchase, possess or attempt to possess or purchase uh, otherwise come into possession of a firearm during the diversion p- period. Um, and then he would be listed on the NICS background system as permanently blocked if he tried to buy a firearm. Now, pretrial diversion is generally, according to Jacob Selim over at Reason Magazine, reserved for nonviolent offenders in deciding which defendants qualify. The Justice Department says a U.S. attorney can formally or informally prioritize young offenders, those with substance abuse, mental health, veterans, etc. And while Biden's acknowledged drug problem fits in that description, it was also the reason he was charged with illegally buying a gun in the first place. Uh, participation in the diversion systems favors peoples with drug problems. Biden could avoid any such penalty yet, but for his drug habit, there would have been no penalty to avoid. This is the kind of the chicken and egg thing. But during um, the hearing, um, Judge Norica did not pause to reflect on the senselessness of Biden's situation vis-a-vis the gun charge and said she focused on two puzzling provisions in the diversion agreement. And here's where things get sticky. Oh, actually, here's where things go to commercial break. And then I'm going to come back and talk about this, because this is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. What happens next? Again, if you or I were charged by the federal government with tax evasion and illegally owning a firearm, you think that we would get this deal? The answer to that, of course, is... Um, no. Um, no. <laughs> We're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Bay's Free Thinking Radio.
4: Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay.
5: Okay. Um, I mean, what the what? Is going on? Oh, we didn't even get into the whole people pushing back against Bruin thing. Did you hear what's happening in New Jersey? Um, New Jersey, of course, wanting to fight back on the Bruin decision, um, has decided they finally created their um, their concealed carry permit requirements. Now, post Bruin, right? They're gonna they're gonna make this happen. Um. But uh, if you're planning on buying a permit uh, or getting a permit in uh, New Jersey, you better um, you better polish up your game. You better go watch. You better go do some playthroughs of Call of Duty and be watching a lot of John Wick, because the new requirements um, for getting a concealed carry permit in New Jersey are no joke. The New Jersey State Police have chartered a program. Um, for those seeking a real challenge, uh, the state has decided to implement a training program requirement to get a permit to carry the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs just asked to have a federal ju- uh, ju- to the federal have their federal challenge to the law because the newly rolled out training program requires in order to get a permit to carry. It seems like it is right out of the movie, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, right? Remember that movie where they were assassins and they were like expert soup. I mean, superb marksmen, Basically the newly rolled out training requirements in order to get a carry permit um seem like exactly what's described above, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. An authoritative and challenging course of fire that an expert would be looking to use to cut their teeth further is not what Mr. and Mrs. New Jersey should have to go to in order to exercise a constitutional right. Uh, it sounds super hyperbolic, but it's not. Uh, consider <laughs> considering Uh, What uh, an explanation of what the training requirements is for nearly all current and future permit holders. Uh, The uh, attorney who's involved with this refers to the training as New Jersey's John Wick carry training mandate. A new and much more difficult level of shooting proficiency is now required for citizens in New Jersey who wish to obtain a permit to carry a handgun or continue their permit. The new requirements demand timed firing from concealed holsters, kneeling position shooting, and accurately shooting at 25 yards are all also incorporated in the 25-yard shooting with a pistol. That's some serious shooting, folks. 25, that's 75 feet away. Probably twice the length of your house, for most of you. Close to, twi- I mean, 75 feet away. There's no exceptions for physically handicapped people. The new requirements are basically the same requirements utilized for retired police officers to get their New Jersey handgun carry card. That means any citizen who wishes to exercise their Second Amendment rights, even for the first time, must now have the same skill level of proficiency as a veteran law enforcement officer who's trained and qualified with firearms for years. And, of course, they don't mention here what the cost of this course is, but I guarantee you. It ain't cheap. It ain't cheap to take a course like that, to go through a testing phase like that. Uh, and but that's I mean, that's what's going on in New Jersey. That's it. You know, that is I mean. You better be John Wick when it shows up. Absolutely shows up. Uh, if he is forgiven of the gun charge, says Gary. I would never check anyone who I sell a firearm to. I mean, he's going. That's the whole point was that he was going to be forgiven of this gun charge. Um. <clears throat> anyway, it uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Is the course free? Says Brian. No, it's not free. Uh, the only mention that they make of it, I think that they say it tripled. No, those fees quadrupled the price of the permit to carry and the state also implemented a raise that's more than 10 times more for permits to purchase a handgun quadrupled the cost Quadrupled. four times for those of you quadrupled that's constitutional i'm sure i'm sure that that's constitutional no matter what you say it's gotta be all right here we go the michael duke show
4: What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Duke show assault radio? <laughs> okay. We can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a d- but somewhat funny.
5: Um somewhat funny. I mean, kind of funny. Uh, we're back. The Michael Duke show common sense radio. We're talking about Hunter Biden's plea deal, but we got a line on hold. Brian is calling from out on the fish hook. Hello my friend. What's on your mind?
2: Wow, you knew who it was. How much yeah. things in Iowa?
5: I know it's. Uh, I have my eyes on everything, my friend. Now, what's going on?
2: Hey, I had a kind of uh, interesting um, interaction with a uh, guy out of Fairbanks. He's a contractor uh, I've been working with for a couple of years. Great guy, does his job, doesn't whine. But we're on a phone call, uh, tele, um, like a Zoom meeting. Just he and I, and he says, "Brian, you're costing me money." Now, I've heard this before, right? Some contractors always complain about that. This is a first for him. I said, oh, well, how, do you, how do you figure? And then he says, Firearms Friday. <laughs> and that completely threw me off again. And I said, huh? He goes, yeah, my wife and I were listening to the podcast coming back from Valdez or somewhere. And he says, and this is when I had called in and talked about uh, uh, stowage of guns in, in cars. Right. And he goes, hey, hey, I know that guy, I know that guy. His wife looks at him and says, you need to make that happen. And so now he's out 700 bucks for his gun safes in his car.
5: <laughs> and it's all your fault.
2: It is, it is my fault. So I continually cost him money day after day after day, apparently. But hopefully I'm making him a lot of money, too.
5: Yeah. That's interesting, well, you know. Anyway, is...
2: I just I I just have to...
5: Yeah, no, it's interesting that you mentioned that the podcast thing. That's the third or fourth time in the last couple of weeks where somebody has mentioned uh somebody who listens to the show but they don't listen on the radio. They listen after the fact on the podcast. And um, you know, I did not realize when I first started podcasting the show what kind of reach it would get that there's all kinds of people out there listening all the time. So it's it's great to see that it's having an impact. And yes, jokingly, even though you cost him money, Obviously, you're you know, you provided some good information and people. are That's why I love I love Firearms Friday, because we got people from all over and callers calling in with information and things like that about, you know, gun safes in cars and things like that. I mean, that's a that's that's brilliant. I love that. I love the fact that we are making a difference right here in the state.
2: Yep. Well, i enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. Looks like it's going to
5: be a nice one. I hope so, my friend. We deserve it. Summer is finally here for the last month or so. Thank you, my friend, for calling in and joining us. I appreciate yep. that. Uh, Br- Brian calling in from The Hook out here in Wasilla Fish Hook. Um, all right. <clears throat> so we were talking about Hunter Biden before we went to break. And here's where we get into the sticky wicket. Um, she... Uh, She basically got into some things because he said they they basically tried to do an end run around the normal plea agreement deal. Normally, all the details are in the plea side of the agreement, and the diversion is simply just for the diversion side, for the diversionary program that you have to be put in. Interestingly enough, there were two puzzling provisions in the diversion agreement. And again, I'm reading from Jacob Sullivan's article over at Reason.com, which I will post up in the chat room, uh, where he chronicles how this plea deal with Hunter Biden and the gun thing fell apart. In uh, The document says, the the diversion agreement says, if the United States believes that a knowing breach, material breach of this agreement has occurred, it may seek a determination by the United States District Judge for the District of of Delaware for the responsibility for the supervision of this agreement. Basically, it means Judge Norica would determine whether Hunter Biden is in fact violating the agreement uh but and if narika agreed with the justice department prosecutors could decide to pursue the gun charge but typically it would be the justice department that would independently verify any breach and bring charges but here's what biden's team was trying to do they were trying to take that authority away from the department of justice and give it to the judge because they are concerned about a quote unquote abusive authority if donald trump is reelected And that they would then use he would then use the Department of Justice to pursue Hunter Biden in this matter. So that was kind of a weird thing. She thought that that provision raised separation of powers issues, requiring her to perform a prosecutor, uh, prosecutorial function, which I I would agree. That is obviously very much raises the unconstitutional uh, part of it. Here's the second thing, though. And I know this doesn't necessarily have anything to do directly with firearms, but since this whole thing is built around this firearms charge, this whole diversionary plea, uh, this whole diversionary agreement is, is based on that. Here's what they here's what else they buried down in this. Norika also questioned language in the diversion agreement that shields Hunter Biden from future prosecution from certain crimes. The document says. The United States agrees not to criminally prosecute Hunter Biden outside the terms of this agreement for any federal crimes encompassed by the statement of facts regarding his tax offenses and his illegal gun purchase. Now, the judge thought it was odd to include such a promise in a diversion agreement, which, according to both sets of lawyers, did not require her approval, rather than the plea agreement, which does require her approval. See what's going on here? The judge said she couldn't find any other example of a diversion agreement so broad that it shielded the defendant from charges in a different case. The prosecutor also said that told the judge he was unaware of any such precedent. She objected that the judge objected to the apparent expectation that she would rubber stamp the seemingly novel agreement, which is groundbreaking. Not novel, it's ground, no other. But this is just a regular plea deal, right? It also became clear almost immediately that the Justice Department and Biden's lawyers disagreed about the scope of his immunity. The prosecutor said the agreement meant they couldn't charge Biden with more serious crimes related to his 2017-2018 taxes, and they wouldn't charge him with crimes related to the gun mentioned in the diversion agreement. But Weiss said that the federal investigation on Biden is ongoing. There's still more investigation happening. And when the judge alluded to the allegations that vi- that Biden had violated the Foreign Agents Restriction Act, uh, which re- of course talks about the income he received as a board member of the Ukrainian company Burisma, Weiss said the agreement would not preclude prosecution under that stat- statute. At that point, Biden's lawyers exploded and said, whoa, 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 then there's no deal. They thought this whole time that they were getting a they were getting a prosecutorial shield on any other future crimes. in v- This whole thing just came unstuck. But this is what they were trying to do. Now, in the long run, the, uh, the Hunter Biden had to plead not guilty to anything because there was no deal essentially on the table. The whole thing blew up. Um, and Norika was not reportedly, according to people who were in the room and everything else, was not happy with that. They were trying to pull the wool over her eyes and scapegoat her on this. She was not a happy woman. Of course, we've all complained that uh, we've all complained that this is a sweetheart deal that would have allowed him to avoid prison. And probably if it had gone through also protected him for prosecution for trading on his dad's influence. Uh, it's just kind of hard to imagine that this is where we're at in today's society. And of course, then you go back to what's going on coming out of the White House, and there was a, a CBS News White House correspondent, Weijia Zhang, tried to get some answers from the press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, Jean um, about gun laws that, you know, Biden had stood up and done all these things. And she, uh, Jean Berret, uh, Jean-Pierre, she just, she would not, she was having none of it. She was not going to answer a single question. Uh, About, uh, you know, not even mentioning Hunter Biden. Zhang says President Biden has spent most of his political career working on gun laws, on gun reform. Does he believe that someone who is charged with possessing a firearm illegally should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law? That was the question. No mention of Hunter, no nothing else. And uh, jean pierres like, well, so I'm going to be I think I know where this question is going. And I'm just going to continue to say, as it relates to this, the case we're seeing in Delaware, I'm just going to not speak to that. It's an independent matter. You are the press secretary of the president of the United States who has been vociferous in their arguments about how guns should be thing. And we should prosecute illegal gun owners to the full extent of the law. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, no, I'm just not going to speak to that. That's a matter for the Department of Justice, Um, even if I'm just not going to speak to it here. Okay, don't worry. Perfectly normal, perfectly normal plea agreement. Nothing to see here. Move along. It's insanity, my friends. All right, you know, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Dang, Willie Waffle's up next. We got to the end real quick today. Back with more right after this.
4: Live every weekly morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
5: <laughs> I mean, you just cannot make this stuff up. I mean, we are living. I just don't even know. You know, I, I just don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, we're living in a country where they're making up all the rules, doing all the things that they can do, and making sure that they themselves are protected in all those things. It's insanity. All right, let me set up my phone here to make sure I got Willie coming on. Uh, Oh, we should need to change the background. Oh, It could have been this one, or it could have been this one, or it could have been this one, or red alert could have been red. No, it's going to be orange. That's, that's good. Matches the thing. I love all these new toys. I would like to talk to you about cookies. Come to the dark side. Um, (laughs) oh, there were so many other stories too today that we just didn't get to. Good morning, Andy. Alaska Andy showing up. Um, Sleight of hand, no precedent for this type of agreement. Love that she read it and thought it through. Yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed that the judge actually looked at this and said, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because <sighs> this would have eventually come out. And at that point, it would have been like almost too late, right? He was going to be shielded from prosecution on any. Uh, I mean, that's like, wow. I mean, ooh, crazy crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, you should read this article that I posted up uh, from reason, uh, that Jacob Sullivan goes over. It's really good. It is really, really good. And it really goes into what the hell is going on in regards to this. What other stories did we not hit today? Uh, uh fifth circuit is halted enforcement of the framer receiver rule. That's a new, uh, they dealt the uh, the the, dealt the ATF another blow uh, in decrying that. A three-judge panel, uh, the en banc panel, released an unpublished order denying the government's request to continue to be able to enforce that. They said no. Um, why is the DOJ funding red flag laws in states where they're not in place? Is another story we didn't get to. Uh, the shooting in Waco that was a defensive gun use. We we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we lost the time. California, what they're doing to uh, in a post-Bruin world, how they're slow-walking stuff. I mean, there's some just astonishing things. Oh, even in New York City. Uh, New York City is now issuing actually fewer permits than it did previously before the Bruin decision. They are actually issuing fewer permits, even though the number of applications have nearly doubled. They're actually issuing fewer permits than they were before. They are slow walking this. This is just giving a finger to the Supreme Court and the American people and the rule of law. And you wonder why people are pissed off. You wonder. I mean, uh, um, we'll see if we can ask Willie that question today, Uh, Brian, if I can remember between now and the time that it's all done. Amy made chocolate chip cookies last night. Oh, man. Why did you have to do that, Amy? Chocolate chip cookies, which makes me think of chocolate chip pancakes because it's breakfast. And I could eat me some chocolate chip pancakes right now. I could. But you know what I really like? Just some good old buckwheat style pancakes. I mean, just some, you know, the coarse ground, those are good. Sound of sourdough pancakes, those are really good. Just pancakes. Oh, man. So tasty. Um, you know, IHOP is definitely not, uh, you know, five-star Michelin cuisine or anything, but I got to tell you, going to IHOP, getting some pancakes and using their, like their butter pecan syrup on the pancakes. I mean, it's a diabetic coma waiting to happen, but boy, it is so delicious. That butter pecan or the blueberry syrup. Oh so sometimes you got to just have yourself a big eye hop like an omelet like a delicious southwestern chicken omelet with a little spicy poblano peppers and the cheese sauce little hash browns and then a side of a single single pancake it's all you need so good You guys know better than to talk about food in the morning when we're on the show You know better All right Oh man. Uh Mike dropped uh, Mike Cronk dropped a, a link to article to Yahoo Biden administration withholding key funding from something. I can't follow the link where more I'm at so I'll have to take a look at it but thanks Mike. I'll take a look at it. See what it see what it says, see what it does. We'll get back to it. Um all right, we're about 40 seconds out right now. No I hop in Fairbanks says Debbie. I'm sorry Debbie. I'm sorry. I don't mean to tease you. IHOP is delicious, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> no. No iHop in Fairbanks. Maybe there's a franchise opportunity. There you go, you know? Yeah. Next time you're in Fairbanks, says Amy, I'll make you some cookies. That's a promise that I might make you keep, Amy. That is, I am a sucker for a good chocolate chip cookie. All right. Uh coming in, phone's buzzing, things are rolling. Let's get it done. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Butter, maple, pecan syrup is winning. All right, we're ready for it. It's the weekend. Can't wait, but it wouldn't be the weekend without some waffles, not just the International House of Waffles, but the waffle man himself. Willie, don't call me William Waffle, uh, joins us uh, to talk today about movies and entertainment and so much more. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good. Come on, you know. Mm. How can you not feel good? How can you not
0: feel like <laughs> anything can happen on a Friday? You
5: know, anything. Any, anything could happen on a Friday. That's the bad news is that anything could happen on a Friday. Although I live oh, by the mantra true. of no bad news Fridays, okay? Let's just let's just keep that up there. <laughs> nice. um, all right, well, let's uh, get started here. Uh, we'll talk about some of the interesting stuff out there that's happening in Hollywood and more um you've got some interesting stories the emmys uh i mean all these all these award shows seem to be taking it in the tailpipe so what's going on with the emmys
0: late last night it got out that the emmys have informed all of the vendors we're not going to be doing this show in september oh yes because of because of the writers strike and the actors strike and the fact that somebody's got to write the show and somebody's got to show up to the show and neither of those things are going to happen the emmys are going to be delayed and it will not be happening in september
5: and no future date because nobody knows when this strike thing's going to end yeah yeah and you know could be february who knows could be
0: could be may who knows who knows maybe they'll just cancel them all together i i would be curious will the voters even vote like, you know, what they could do is they could take the vote and they could announce the winners,
5: but will the voters refuse to vote because they support the strike? That's a good question. Um Yeah. That's interesting. Uh who are the voters for the Emmys? Is that is that their fellow actors or is it it just any it's, is it it's just a lot ever- of folks. It's a lot of folks it's okay. kind of like it's kind of like the oscars it's producers it's
0: it's actors it's writers it's, it's people who work on the crews it's a uh you know camera
5: people it's right. yeah it's,
0: it's 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 you know all representation from the industry right yeah. okay
5: all right well we'll see i guess we'll see what happens there um and uh again i i have never seen the Emmy- emmys i've never watched a single episode of the Emmys. so I guess I won't miss anything, but, uh, you know, there's some people that live and die by that stuff, for sure. Um, your second secret story, uh, what is it?
0: This is really interesting. This is actually an exclusive that came out of the New York Post. Okay, I want to give them credit. Um, you know, Lorne Michaels, the producer, the creator of Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, he's looking at the 50th year coming up in wow. 2025. Wow! And a couple of years ago, he made the statement, you know I can't do it forever. I think quitting after fifty kind of sounds right. So the story has been reported that he had that there. If somebody has a successor in mind. He's And in, that person
5: it, is it, Tina Fey. Oh wow, that would be. Yeah. I mean, you know who else could you ask at that point? I mean, that's a good. Uh, that's a pretty good pick. I that's would say. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's really an interesting pick because, you know, A, she's got the history with the show. You know, B, she is a producer. She is a writer. Uh, you know, she can bring those skills to this. She has the relationships in, in, in Hollywood and New York to bring in the big stars. Um, she's a pretty darn good choice. I think the question is, why would she do it? She's right. sitting on Fat Bank right now. Yeah. That Mean Girls thing has been printing money for her. They're go, They're doing a touring version of a Broadway show. She's going cha-ching, cha-ching. She doesn't have to work that hard.
5: Right. And I imagine it is a lot of hard work to, to do something every week, to wrangle all those actors, to do all that stuff. I imagine it is uh, definitely more than a full-time job. Easily, easily.
0: And then, you know, when you have the off-season, you're scouting new talent. You know, whether it be writers, whether it be, you know, actors, whether it be, you know, just people working on the sets. I mean, you're in charge of everything. And I just don't know if she would give up what she has now with, with a lot of flexibility and a chance to pursue other things that she yeah. enjoys. Yeah. To be beholden only to Saturday Night Live. But, you know, they, they, you know one of the interesting parts of the story is, well, who else is going to do it? Yeah. You know, Seth, My- Seth Myers would be a good choice, but he's got his own late night show. Jimmy Fallon's never going to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, who, who else you
5: got? Yeah. So, I mean, she's been named, but it hasn't been said that she's accepted, right? So it, it, it hasn't been said she's accepted. It hasn't been said that she's like
0: the the uh, producer in waiting. It's just kind of this talk that's out there that, you know, that could be the person. And, uh, you know, maybe
5: somebody's trying to leak it to uh, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Who knows? Interesting. Well, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a, uh, it's an institution. You, I don't know if you could just necessarily let it go and Lauren Michaels go, somebody's going to have to pick it up. Oh yeah. And NBC's never going to give up the yeah, cash. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bleed every ounce out of that thing. They'll go to a hundred years if they're
5: making some sort of money. Yeah, off of Yeah, exactly. Uh, the writer strike has kind of thrown us into a weird thing where like reality TV and game shows. Which is weird because I would think that game show hosts would maybe be members of SAG, but I don't know. Um, They're really the only game in town, right? That's that's what we're looking forward to. And um, Wheel of Fortune uh, has had, of course, Pat Sajak Sajak out of the way and everything else. And Ryan Seacrest coming in to take his place. But you and I were talking about this before. Uh, Vanna White, was she going to stick around? Was she going to make it? And it's like uh, Vanna says... um, She's she's going to go for it. She's got uh, nothing to lose, and she's uh, putting her foot down.
0: Vanna wants to get paid, people, okay? So this is Pat Sajak's last year. Uh, his contract is up, and he's already announced he's retiring. Vanna's in basically the last year of her contract. Um, her contract is up at the end of the next season, but she is angry, because she has not been getting paid like Pat Sajak, and it, it's kind of grossly not getting paid right, like Pat right. Sajak. So, so for the past 18 years, Vanna White's been getting three million dollars a year. Not bad. Not hey, bad. Not I bad. I could right, move off of right. that. That's very nice. Yep. But Pat Sajak is getting something like 15 or 18 million dollars a year. Oh, and, uh, oh, yeah. So Vanna.
5: So... Like 20 yeah, per, 20% yeah. of what Pat's been getting. That's not great.
0: Yeah, that's not a good look, baby. And, uh, and Vanna, knowing that, you know, hey, who knows what's... This could be her last leverage. You know, so, you know, with with, with everybody pretending that they want Vanna to stick around and, uh, and her kind of not being involved with uh, working on who's going to be the next host, not getting the job as the next host vanna's throwing caution to the wind and she's gonna be like i just want one big fat payday and you know i gotta be honest with you i think she's gonna get something but i think it's gonna be a deal i think the deal is gonna be vanna we're gonna give you your 20 million but you're also gonna retire at the end of the season
5: yeah so you're gonna get a one-year contract for 20 million to make up for your bad paydays but then that's it It and then we're starting fresh with Seacrest moves in, yeah, that's interesting because hey, they need
0: that. if if they if they appear like they're kicking her to the curb, um, there will be some some bad will among the the hardcore fans. Now, maybe they say, hey, we don't need the hardcore fans anymore. They're kind of aging out. We need the new people Ryan Seacrest is bringing in who don't really care about Vanna White. I think that's a big gamble Yeah. because, you know, let's face it, you don't want to turn away people who are dedicated to watching your show. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cheap.
5: I think that's cheap insurance in the long run to just do it and then move on. I think that would be a, I yeah. think that'd be a good pull. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to see. Um, w- just keep your ear to the ground. I am interested in that one because I think Vanna White's a pretty nice person. I've I've seen her do a bunch of stuff and she does charity things and everything else. And I think she's a, and, and the fact that it's, Twenty eighteen 18 to 20 percent of what pat was getting i mean i'm not looking for her to be the host but man she should have been getting a little more than that i mean you know
0: yeah she's kind of you know co-headlining this deal here yeah yeah. <laughs> not, not that you,
5: as you said, not that I couldn't live well on three million bucks a year, but seriously, you know. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to how much time we got here. Let's move on to this last piece of uh, news. Okay. Uh, I've been excited about this. Beetlejuice is supposed to be coming back, right? They've got the thing. They've got the Michael yep. Keaton's back and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ricci. I mean, it's it's a, it's going to be fun, but of course they had to shut it down. Um, but yeah. it's not just bad enough that they shut it down with a strike and everything. Now stuff got worse in Vermont, of all places. That's right. So that's where they were producing the Beetlejuice
0: too when the strike hit and everybody had to leave the set. And, uh, well, that meant there was an empty set sitting around and stuff is getting stolen. Yes, <laughs> the, uh, the police in Vermont are looking for folks who stole. Now, you're going to love what they stole. One of them, was a 150-pound statue that's part of the set. It looks like it's some sort of weird beetle or creature or something. I saw a picture of it. I don't know what it is, but it's going to play a part in the movie. And they also stole, and this this is what kills me, a special lamppost that was put downtown with a very distinctive pumpkin decoration on top of it that's part of one of the scenes and part, part part of the movie. These people just pulled up their truck downtown and stole a layup post, dude. Oh,
5: man. That's
0: brazen.
5: And I know what this, uh, I know what this, uh, Statue probably looks like because if you remember in the first one, the mom was like kind of a crazy woman and she did all this crazy art. Remember the statue clamped around the big fat guy, you know, and everything. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh yeah, that's what it is. So it's you just
0: hit it. That's exactly what it is. It's
5: that statue. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I don't know what they're. I mean, what are you going to do with it? Put it in your living room and say, "Look like that." I stole that with a set of Beetlejuice. Yeah. You can't
0: sell it on the black
5: market. There's yeah. not a black market for stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see if any of that stuff turns up. Um, all right. Let's move on to the movies here. Uh, Twisted Metal.
0: This is kind of cool. Uh, you, know, it's, it's a Peacock series. Uh, it's based on the video game Twisted Metal for people who are big fans of that. It's Anthony Mackie playing the milkman. He's he's kind of this delivery guy <laughs> in an apocalyptic world where he drives from basically the civilized cities through the wild, wild west to get to the next civilized city to deliver stuff. Well, he's got a special offer now. The mayor of San Francisco, played by Nev Campbell, has offered him an opportunity to live within the, the confines of this civilized San Francisco and to get out of the dangerous, dangerous, wild, wild west where he's living. If he can pick up a secret package in Chicago and bring it to San Francisco in ten days, and uh, so we're going to watch that ten-day trip over the course of ten episodes, all thirty minutes each, and uh, wonder if he's going to make it. Oh, that's and, you know, it's kind of wild and crazy and over the top, and and I think that's what it is. I mean, you know, listen, this isn't for the storytelling. This isn't for characters. But it's just these wild, funny situations. It's very snarky. It's very rowdy. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like entertaining. So I'm going to say two and a half waffles.
5: Two and a half waffles. All right. Well, Twisted Metal was a fun game to play. I mean, that's a that's a throwback. That game's got to be from the 90s or something. Uh, and it basically was like death run with cars and stuff and, and stuff exploding yeah. and machine guns out of your cars and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, I'd look at that. Um, well, and here's my favorite casting. I'll just yeah. throw this out there. Remember the clown, the, the crazy yeah, clown, yeah.
0: Sweet Tooth? The crown, yep. So the voice is Will Arnett, <laughs> but the body of the clown is professional wrestler Samoa
5: Joe, for people who are fans of oh, professional man. wrestling. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, let's move on quickly. Talk to me in theaters. Yeah, kind of like a really cool a horror movie, a little bit more of a twist. Uh, the, these teen
0: friends, they find this like embalmed hand and they learn that when they when they grab the hand and they talk to it, the spirits will kind of take them over and possess them, but you can't go more than 90 seconds. Uh-oh, you think someone's going to go more than 90 seconds? <laughs> yeah, and that's where it gets crazy. And that's where it gets insane. And, you know, listen, it's a, it's a movie that gets kind of, weirder and weirder as it goes <laughs> but you know what i think i think you know the star of the movie the sophie Wild, is great i love all the levels that she's bringing to this character this this character who just wants to talk to her mom one more time after right. mom passed right. away
5: and you know all the pain and the grieving and the fear I'm going three waffles. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, y'all know when you find a hand of glory, you don't mess with a hand of glory. Okay. That's right. Um, all right. Final one, 90 seconds. The Haunted Mansion from Disney in theaters. Can they pull another Pirates of the Caribbean off? Let me know.
0: I don't know if they're quite that level, but it's, it's entertaining and it's fun. And it really is. It's kind of a comedy horror picture. Uh, you know, Rosario Dawson and her young son move into this haunted mansion and everybody who comes over to try to help is now trapped in the mansion so we're talking about you know a guy who's grieving the loss of his wife played by lakeith stanfeld uh you've got your know, danny devito the the local professor who knows all about the house you've got owen wilson a priest who was going to try to give him an exorcism and uh, yes the medium played by tiffany haddish and you know <laughs> it, i wish i wish it was i mean you know listen, it's 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 it's, it's kind of a it's I guess what I'm trying to say is a CGI spectacle. Like they really want to show you all the different ghosts and all the different crazy things like that. Um, And they give you flavors of story and flavors of character. I'll be at two
5: and a half waffles for the Haunted okay. Mansion as well. All right. Well, you can't hit it out of the park every time, unfortunately, but uh, it's a it's an all-star cast. I'll watch that for sure just to see what it's like. Waffle, Wafflemovies.com. Next week, my friend, uh, we look forward to having you back, as always. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I know. Again. I mean, this is like the 17th reboot <laughs> of that. It's all good. You can't kill them off. That's man. right. Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. I mean, you know, Pirates was like lightning in a bottle, right? I mean, yeah. I, I haven't seen Jungle Cruise yet. You said it was good, but you know, it's good. Is it going to is it going to cause a spinoff? You know, is it going to cause a sequel or not? I mean, mm,
0: it kind of was, and then they kind of brushed it under the rug.
5: Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> you you look at you look at Pirates, and it was just that perfect storm of great talent with Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley uh you know all the folks who were involved there uh jeffrey rush i mean it was just kind of that perfect storm of what a great story what a great ride and i just yeah. don't know if you can recapture that with some of these other you know some of these other rides i guess i i just don't know I mean, Well,
0: and no because you know the other thing is now you're compared to pirates of the caribbean all the time and, and that that's a hard comparison to load up too yeah that's really tough and So, yeah, I think that that's always going to be the challenge. But, you know, Disney, they're just saying, hey, let's monetize more of our intellectual property. Well, and, you know, they tried that. They tried the Haunted Mansion once before. It didn't
5: didn't go as great. You know, Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Well, Disney is Disney is if you've looked at their numbers, they're down to COVID level numbers again. Uh, and okay. I think a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> some of their marketing and PR and how they're I think people are getting a little frustrated with them. So they may be in full on panic mode as this stuff goes on. It may be so much so, in fact, that I heard a, a rumor and you can you're and then you you've got your finger on the pulse of this. But I heard that they're actually talking about another Pirates movie. And, yeah, they may have approached Johnny Depp on it as well now that he's cleared his name and everything, although I don't know if he'd pick it up. I mean, what are you hearing?
0: Uh, You know, that's one of the things that's out there. Just, uh, you know, Johnny still has maybe some troubles. Um, You know, the the tour he's been on with the band with Alice Cooper has uh, had a lot of, uh, let's just say, fun incidents where they couldn't go on. Uh, So that's kind of hanging over him. And, uh, you know, allegedly they had approached Margot Robbie to be part of the new Pirates of the Caribbean. And if she's
5: involved, you don't need Johnny Depp. Well... Interesting. Um, I like Margot Robbie. I don't know if I'd go see it. I don't know if I'd see it without Depp, quite honestly. I really enjoy his yeah, I'm with you. you know, I enjoy his uh, Jack Sparrow. And I would think that, you know, Disney should swallow a little bit of their pride here and basically say, you know, people are innocent until proven guilt. I mean, we saw it. Look what happened with Kevin Spacey. He got cleared of all charges. Did you see that? He did. He, he got totally cleared. But, you know, I think the problem that's
0: going to the thing that's going to hound Johnny Depp and it's, it's going to hound Kevin Spacey, too, is the testimony that, right. you know, yes, you were cl- you were cleared of all charges. Absolutely agree. But people expose some really nasty things yeah. about you. Well, you know, yeah. and, and Johnny Johnny Depp almost had to say, yeah, maybe I haven't been. A great guy but at least i'm not as bad as she says i am right, you
5: right. Know?
0: well that, that's not that's not always a win it'd
5: be a, <laughs> it'd be a shame because he is a hell of an actor it would be a shame but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens all right well willie next week teenage mutant ninja turtles obviously i can't wait i mean it's I gonna can tell you're so excited it's so excited gonna be the best <laughs> all right bud i'll see you next week thanks so much Folks, uh, we hope you have a great weekend. Go mow the lawn, do whatever you need to do. Enjoy the sunshine. Hopefully, it stays. We'll see you on Monday.
4: Find me lizard internet people. Took show.